Awesome. Well, good morning, everyone. Let's, uh, let's uh, find our seats, if you would. We're going to get started looking at uh, Scripture together. Good morning again. Um, first off, uh, if you are visiting with us, we are, uh, like Pastor Lance said, we are glad you are here. Uh, just a little context of who I am, right? You, it's probably good to know who, um, who is speaking. Um, I, my name is Chris Davis. I'm the, uh, the worship leader here um, at Newbury Church. Uh, Colin did an amazing job uh, leading this morning, so thank you, uh, Colin and, and worship team, for leading um, Pastor Michael and, and Aaliyah and the girls, they're just uh, taking the day off today and um, just uh, kind of refreshing their hearts, refreshing their souls. And um, one of the things as a pastor um, that you often don't think about when it comes to your pastor is that the pastor's wife is the one that is doing childcare 24-7, especially on Sunday mornings. And um, so uh, today on Mother's Day, he got to take Aaliyah to brunch and just really serve her, and they're, they're just uh, enjoying each other today. So we wanted to honor um, our pastor's wife this morning with that time. So be praying for them, just that the Lord refreshes them and encourages them uh, today. Uh, awesome. So this morning I thought um, I would start off with, um, you know, we've heard of dad jokes, but since it's Mother's Day, I thought we would find some mom jokes to share so uh, these are still in the vein of dad jokes, because I'm a dad and I'm telling them, but uh, they do have a mom theme. Uh, so first off, what kind of flowers are best for Mother's Day? Moms. <laughs> what, uh, what did the panda give his mommy for Mother's Day? A bear hug. Who booed? <laughs> That's it. You know, if you boo in a sermon, there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, why is a computer so smart? Because it listens to its motherboard. There you go. There you go. There's there, there's two more here. Let me find them. So one mom said, "Cleaning with kids in the house is like brushing your teeth with Oreos." You'll get it here in a second. And then uh, finally, another mom said, I don't want to sleep like a baby. I want to sleep like my husband. <laughs> awesome. Well, again, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, we honor you moms. Uh, we are grateful for you, uh, for you moms. And uh, we just pray God's blessing over you this morning. Uh, so this morning we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 38. Um, so if you would stand with us as we read from God's word. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, and we're going to read through 42. I'll be reading from the ESV this morning. Uh, and it says this, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. 
Verse 41, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. Let's pray. Father, we, God, again, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this beautiful sunshine you've given us. We thank you for the mothers that you have placed in our life. You, thank you for the mothers that are part of this church. And God, we thank you for your word. Lord, we know that your word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Father, we know that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and, and correction and rebuking and encouragement, Father. So we pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, that we would see Jesus rightly, that we would understand your word, that we would understand your mercy and your grace, and that we would see you, as Mary did, as our one thing, as our good portion. We thank you for that this morning. We pray, Jesus, that you would be glorified in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I don't know how it is in your house, but in our house, when we have people over, when we have guests over, we go on a cleaning and cooking rampage, right? The irony is, it's clean enough for us to live in day to day. But it's not clean enough for our friends to come over, right? It's clean enough for us to live in, but not for our friends to come over. We have to sweep the floors, dust the mantle, wipe down the bathroom. Now, some of you are sitting there saying, yeah, no, we keep my house clean. But a lot of us, maybe not so much, right? And then when it comes to food, we have to cook a meal that we think our guests will enjoy and be proud of. And then there's the issue of, well, when we had them over last year, did we cook the same thing? Because I only cook like three things, right? That's the question. I, I like to grill chicken, right? And if you've been to my house, you've probably had grilled chicken at some point. And the question we always ask is, wait, did we grill the last time they were here? Because that's the same recipe, right? And you know, by the time you go through preparing for the event, you're a bit exhausted a lot of times once your friends show up. You know, it's, it's also, uh, my mind goes to like Thanksgiving, right? It's, it's, the, it's the one meal that you spend hours and hours and hours and hours preparing for, and then it's over in 10 minutes, <laughs> right? And then you're tired. Then you, then, you, then you want to be done. Why do we do this? We do this because we want to provide a pleasant experience for our guests, we do it because we want to put on a good face for them, when in reality, day to day, most of us are just trying to survive in our own homes, right? I can imagine a bit of this, this same scenario when Martha heard Jesus was coming to town and he was going to come to her house. We don't know if this was planned or spontaneous. Given the other examples in the Gospels, we could assume it was somewhat last minute, we don't know for sure. But what we do know is that Martha hears that Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, is coming to her town, and she invites him to her home. So what does she do? As any good host would, she starts preparing a meal and cleaning her house. I mean, this is Jesus we're talking about, right? Put yourself in Martha's shoes for a moment. Take what we currently do for our friends and family, like we just discussed, but then add Jesus as one of the guests. We'd be catering the event, right? 
We'd be catering the event. We'd be hiring a cleaning service. We'd be hiring a landscaper, right? We would sacrifice and we would work hard to prepare for Jesus to show up to our house. Why? Because we would want to honor him, right? We would want him to be satisfied. We would want him to find value in the time that he spends at our home. We would want him to be pleased with us. And plus, he deserves it, doesn't he? He deserves our best. Here we have Martha doing what most of us, if not all of us, would do if Jesus came to our home. However, in the midst of this serving and working, Martha suddenly realizes that she's the only one doing the work. She pokes her head around the corner and sees Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Apparently, Jesus was, was giving some type of teaching, and Mary was transfixed on Jesus and the words that were coming out of his mouth. So Martha, frustrated, I mean, don't raise your hand, but how many of us would be frustrated like Martha, right? Where we're, okay, thank you, Sarah. I said don't raise your hand, but Sarah's like, yep, yeah, that's me. That's for sure me. Um, so Martha, frustrated, that Mary wasn't helping serve the Messiah, she runs out and tells Jesus to tell Mary to help her. Now, Martha was not ashamed to be passive-aggressive. Did you guys catch that when we read the scripture? She ran out there. Let me, let me read it again. She said, um, she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then, right? She's assuming he does care. Tell her then to help me. Right? And what this reminded me of, uh, and this, this, came, this came up, you know, thinking of Mother's Day. But how many times, for the mothers out there, do you hear, Mom? I'm not going to name my children because, well, I guess it doesn't matter. They're not in here right now. Uh, Mom, Enoch is doing such and such. Mom, Phoebe's doing such and such. Right? Imagine Martha doing that. Lord, Mary's not doing anything. <laughs> right? And Jesus is, li- is like, my name's not Lord. It's, that's my title. My name is Jesus. How many moms have said, my name's not mom? Right? My name's not dad. But what does Jesus say in response to her? Jesus kind of gives her a mic drop, Right? The Lord answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. And that's where Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he cuts the scene. He cuts the scene. He stops the story cold. Why? Because it is sufficient in itself to point us to our one thing. We don't know how Martha responds. We don't know if she stops cooking and gets the point and comes and sits by Mary and beholds Jesus. We don't know if she runs back into the kitchen, maybe somewhat ashamed. We don't know what happens. But what we do know is that Mary had found the one thing that was necessary and that would not be taken away from her. So with that in mind, let's dive into a little bit more into Martha and Mary's story. So this morning we're going to talk about three things. Got to have three points to have a good Baptist sermon, right? 
Um, Martha's distraction, Martha's anxiety, and Mary's one thing. These are the three things we're going to talk about this morning. So, first off, verse 40, let's look at that again. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. So we've already established the fact that we would probably operate similar to how Martha operated. If we found out that Jesus was coming to our house, we would kick preparations into high gear. I mean, this is the guy that makes the lame walk. He causes the blind to see. He raises the dead. This is the Messiah, and he's coming to our house. We would probably do the same thing Martha did. But the Holy Spirit through Luke tells us that Martha was distracted. Even though she was doing the right thing, she was distracted. You see, we can often find ourselves doing the right thing for the right reason and it still be a distraction. Let me give you an example, and it's kind of a silly example, but it's just... What my, where my mind went. Say you work at a candy factory, okay? You work at a candy factory, and the project you are working on is you are creating uh, the world's biggest gummy bear, okay? And you're going to sell it for a thousand bucks a pop, and, you know, all the movie stars are going to buy it because it's super cool, and you post it on Instagram and in TikTok and all that kinds of stuff, right? So the project you're working on is this giant gummy bear. And you start, you know, mixing the ingredients and figuring out the flavors and all this kinds of stuff. And that's the job that your boss has told you to work on. But then you get a meeting invite to another project. Okay, you get a meeting invite to a project where your company in the future is going to uh, start creating this new chocolate candy bar. So you go to the meeting kind of in preparation. Remember, what you've been instructed to do is steal the gummy bear, right? Your boss told you to do the gummy bear. But you got this meeting invitation just to to kind of uh, be in preparation for creating this chocolate bar. So you go to this meeting. You hear the vision about the chocolate bar. You hear about the caramel streusel. You hear about the almonds that there's going to be in the chocolate bar and all of this stuff. And you get so excited. and, And you leave that meeting and you forget about the gummy bear and you start working on the chocolate bar. And then the next week, your, your boss comes and says, how's, how's that gummy bear doing? Uh, oh, well, I got, I got distracted on the chocolate bar. You see, it was going to be a project you were working on, but it wasn't time yet, right? It wasn't the right thing for the right time. And we can, all, we can be doing the right thing, but it can be a distraction like Martha had. We can be doing the right thing, even for the right reason, and it still be a distraction. You see, it's interesting, Pastor Pastor Lance read from Proverbs 31, and I wanted to highlight a verse from that this morning, especially because as Martha was a Jew, she probably heard Proverbs 31 recited regularly, okay? This was actually a prayer that was traditionally read before the Kiddush wine blessing as families welcome in the Sabbath on Friday evenings. So this was something that, that, that would be read in the home on a weekly basis, okay? So Martha grew up hearing this all the time. 
You know how it is when you hear something all the time, it just gets in your head and your heart? Um, it, kind of, it makes me think of, um, so when I was in high school and in college, I worked at Walmart. And um, at the time, I don't know what music Walmart plays now, but at the time and, and where I was, I was in Arkansas and uh, Florida, and the, the type of music that Walmart radio would play was country music. And I'm not a country music fan. Uh, if you are a country music fan, God bless you. Have a nice day. Um, but that, that's, that's your prerogative. And so I, ne- I never listened to, I never enjoyed listening to country music, but I suddenly found myself knowing all these country songs because it was constantly playing at work, right? It got in my head and got in my heart, and I could sing those songs. I could talk, tell you about my shotgun and my pickup truck and my dog and everything else, right? So kind of understand that with Martha, she heard Proverbs 31 so often that she had it written in her heart, in her mind. Specifically, I want to read for you Proverbs 31, verse 27. It says this, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Proverbs 31, 27 says, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of, of, of idleness. So again, Martha was doing the right thing. Right? She heard Psalm 30, or Proverbs 31, and she wanted to be that woman. Right? She, wa- she wanted her house to be nice. She wanted to look well to those things and not eat the bread of idleness. So here we have Martha saying, Lord, Mary is being idle. She's not looking to the ways of her household, but I am. She's just sitting there at your feet doing nothing, but I'm in the kitchen working hard for you. And was, how does Jesus respond, right? He doesn't say this, but the text says this, Martha, you're, you're distracted. How many of us can relate to Martha in this instance? How many of us are so distracted, even by the right things that we have to do in life, that we're missing out on our one thing, Jesus? Mothers, I want to encourage you this morning. You work hard, right? You work hard taking care of your children. You work hard taking, helping take care of your home. You know, you, you, you work hard taking care of your husband. You serve selflessly and tirelessly, and those are all good things and right things. But this morning, I want to encourage you with this question. Are you distracted from your one thing? Everyone else, the question applies to us too, not just mothers. Do you find yourself going through the motions of life, distracted by work, distracted by family, distracted by school, distracted by money, distracted by fill in the blank? And in doing so, you are missing out on your one thing, Jesus. Right? All of those things I mentioned are good things. They are right things, but they can be a distraction when compared to our one thing. So let's take this conversation a little bit further. How about things of faith? Even attending church, going to community groups, serving in kids' church, singing on the worship team. It can just be us doing the right thing for the right reason, but it becomes monotonous and just something to do to check a box versus actually partaking of Jesus himself. So the question I have for all of us this morning, when was the last time you stopped like Mary and meditated on Jesus When was the last time you stopped and thought about his goodness? When was the last time you stopped and sent up a prayer of gratitude for his grace and mercy? 
We're so busy going through life and doing the Christian thing that we forget we have Jesus sitting in our living room ready and waiting to refresh our souls. You see, our relationship with Jesus goes beyond simply doing the right Christian things. Jesus didn't just save our soul to give us a get out of hell free card or just so we would be a good person. He saved us unto himself. He is the prize. He is our portion. He is our one thing. So we've seen this morning that Martha was distracted with much serving. Second, let's talk about um, Martha's anxiety. Verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. You are anxious and troubled about many things. So not only was Martha distracted, but we also see that Jesus highlights the fact that she was anxious and troubled. Now we don't know exactly what she was anxious and troubled about other than the situation with Mary. We could assume that that he was somewhat talking about Martha being frustrated with Mary, but Jesus said she was anxious and troubled about many things, right? Is there something you're anxious and troubled about today? Maybe, Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's relationships. When it comes to Martha, I want us to consider the possibility that one of the reasons she was anxious and troubled because she was looking to find her value and worth by how she served and worked in her home. The reason being is because, again, Proverbs 31 Aya Barron says this, Imagine this prayer in its original context, a time in which domestic labor was the primary way for women to express their value. It remarkably and beautifully honors unseen labor performed in the home. While this can feel limiting in a modern context where unseen labor performed by individuals within the household or others beyond is often overlooked, This prayer captures a snapshot of a time when its recitation was a meaningful way for women to be seen and honored for their service. So Proverbs 31 is a good thing, right? It's it's honoring to the, the, the woman of the home, the mother of the home. But it's possible that she was looking to that to find her value, right? She was looking to serving in her home to actually feel valuable and worth something, Basically because one way for a woman to feel value during this time was to serve well in her home. So it's likely that Martha, having the guests of all guests in her home, right? We know Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and we'll add on guest of all guests, right? He was the guest of all guests in her home, was trying to prove to Jesus that she was worth something. And here she sees her sister just sitting there not helping, which will ruin her plans to serve well. How often do we have a similar experience? We find ourselves wanting to feel valued and worth something. It's a normal human desire, right? At work, we like to hear that we're doing a good job. We like to get positive feedback from our bosses. You know, as a kid, positive reinforcement is a good thing. Like we, uh, you know, as parents, it's a good thing when we tell our kids they're obeying us. Not just when we're correcting them when, when they're wrong, but when we praise them for doing right. Right? It's a, it's, a normal, it's a normal human desire to feel that value and that worth from doing things correctly. And then 
Actually, I should say that. But then, when we don't measure up, anxiety can kick in. Especially at work, doesn't it? You're like, especially in this, this economy and, it, it, you know, you, maybe you mess up and you're like, oh man, I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get, you know, and the anxiety can kick in. We often find ourselves trying to find value in what we do instead of who we are in Jesus. So for, for moms this morning, I ask you, are you finding your value in how you serve your family? Or are you finding your value in Jesus? Yes, it is a good thing to help you take care of your family, but that doesn't make you valuable. I know we, I know we, we, we joke about social media, but it, it, it's a reality of our day. You know, you see the super moms on Instagram, right? You see the, the super moms that have their kids all dressed nice and the, the, the fancy meal and all these nice crafts that they've done. And, and, and you start thinking, man, I... I barely can get my kids clothed in the morning. I can, I can barely get a bite of, of cereal into my kid's mouth, right? And I, I'll never be able to measure up to this, right? We may not think about it, but, but it's a reality of our day, right? Where we, we, start to, we start to see these things and we start to think of ourselves in comparison to these other people, in comparison to these influencers, Right? I was told by one of my children that I was trying to be an influencer, and I'm, and I'm not. I could care less. Um, I'll, I, won't rem- I won't mention their name, but we, we, we look to these people, and we, we see their perfect life, and we, and we try to, to emulate them so that we will feel valuable and worth. Or maybe, maybe, you know, everyone that has a job, are you trying to find your value in that work? Everyone that... Maybe you serve in the church. Are you simply trying to find your value in what you do for the church? All of us fall into the temptation of trying to find our value and place in something outside of Jesus. But those things we do are not why we are valuable. Mom, moms, you are not valuable because you take care of your kids. I mean, you are in a sense, but that is not your intrinsic worth. You see, you are valuable because you were created in the image of God. You are valuable because the Lord knit you together in your mother's womb. You are valuable, Christian, because if you are, if you are here this morning and you are in Christ, he called you and chose you to be his. He wanted you. Think about the peace that that brings when we understand on the, and meditate on the fact that God wanted you, that God wanted me. So it helps, it helps relieve that pressure. It helps relieve that anxiety that we have to give ourselves over to tasks and, and mundane things in order to feel valuable. And yes, it's simple. And yes, yes, it doesn't always fix things for us. But, but just stop and think about it for a moment and meditate on the fact that you were created in the image of God. So you don't have to find your value or worth in anything else. Martha, think about the fact that the Son of God willingly came to your house He wanted to be with you. You see, Jesus was intentional about everything he did, right? Because he had only so much time on the earth. 
right? He, he told his disciples he was about his father's business, right? He's like, guys, I don't play, right? Now, I'm sure, I'm sure Jesus had fun with his, his guys at, at some point, but we don't necessarily have a record of that. Maybe they went fishing together. Well, they did go fishing together, right? <laughs> hey, Jesus, you want to go fishing? We, sure. We don't need no pole. I'll just speak to the fish. <laughs> right? Now I lost my place in my notes here. <laughs> but everything that Jesus did, he was intentional about. So the fact that he came to Martha's home was speaking to the fact that he wanted to be there. Right? He wanted to be there with Martha and Mary. You see, church, God loves us so much. So much so that he sent his only son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sin. The father gave up his son so that we could be in relationship with him. Your value and your worth is found in Jesus, not in what you do for him or anyone else. Because see, guys and gals, in reality, our, when we find our worth and value in Jesus, that will never change because he never changes. But when we look to find our value and worth in something else that will come and go, it will come and go. Our value and worth is found in Jesus. Martha, Martha, you are so anxious and troubled about many things. I do want to pause for a moment and speak to the topic of anxiety. If, if you are here and you struggle with anxiety, know that I'm not just saying to, to meditate it away or pray it away. Okay? Anxiety can be a very serious thing. And I would encourage you, if you do struggle with an anxiety, to talk to a therapist, talk to a doctor. There is help. I myself have had to do that, so I understand that. But what I want to encourage you is to find peace in the fact that you don't have to find your value in something else other than Jesus. So Martha was distracted. Martha was struggling with anxiety. And she was troubled. And finally, let's look at Mary's one thing. Verse 42. But one thing is necessary, Jesus said. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So we have Martha who is doing a good thing, but is distracted and anxious. And here we have Mary that is partaking of a good portion, her one thing, Jesus. Notice that we are not told what Jesus is teaching. We're not told what he's teaching. Which seems to imply that Mary's one thing wasn't just what was being taught. The only thing left in that moment that she was partaking of was Jesus himself. Martha, you see, Martha was trying to find satisfaction in serving Jesus. But Mary had found satisfaction in Jesus himself. Mary had tasted and seen that the Lord was good. 
You see, this speaks to the scripture also that, that Jesus referenced while he was being tempted in the desert. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Mary had found satisfaction and true nourishment in Jesus, while all the while Martha was slaving away trying to make bread that would only temporarily satisfy. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The bread of life was sitting in Martha's living room. You see, when Jesus comes to your house, he doesn't come for the food. He comes for your heart. What this points us to, church, is, is that things of this life will only offer temporary satisfaction. We often find ourselves moving from one high point to the next to fill a void that can only be filled by one. We were created for God, and, and, and we were created to commune with Him. See, the Westminster, the Westminster Catechism says it this way. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. See, think about this church. I, 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 um, so I grew up in church, became a believer at a young age. And I often viewed, you know, my, my salvation experience as, you know, a, a one and done thing. And then just kind of like, well, I'm just going to hang out till I die or till Jesus comes back. And then, then eternal life will kick in, right? But I, was, I, was, I, re, I remember reading John 17. John 17 is, is the prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden. An amazing prayer. It's one of those preaching prayers. You know those people that preach while they pray? Well, Jesus was preaching while he was praying. That's a good thing. Um, John 17 verse 3 says this. This is eternal life. To know you, the one true God, and your son, Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. You see, eternal life doesn't begin when we die or when Jesus comes back. Eternal life begins when we begin our relationship with the Lord. When we respond to his grace, when we repent of our sin, when we turn to him and, and, and begin to follow him. That's when eternal life begins. You see, church, Jesus is our one thing. Jesus is our one thing. He is our satisfaction. He is our right thing. He is our good portion. In him, we find our value and our worth. In him, we find peace. In him, we have hope. So the question I have for you this morning is Jesus your one thing? Have you truly tasted and seen that he is good like Mary did? Or have you turned again to, to try to find satisfa satisfaction in other things? Are you anxious and troubled because you've begun looking for your value and worth in something else? Have you become distracted from your first love? Maybe even distracted by doing things for him instead of first enjoying him. So the challenge I have for you this morning, church, is Jesus, your one thing. You know, when it comes to applying this practically, you think, you know, our minds 
probably goes to, well, we need to pray more, we need to read our Bible more, we need to come to church more often, maybe even throw in a fast, you know, get a fast in there. But if if we're not careful, we can turn those spiritual disciplines into chores in the kitchen, and we find ourselves, again, just doing stuff for Jesus instead of finding satisfaction in him. Yes, we use prayer. Yes, we use meditation. Yes, we use uh, uh, meditating on the word. Yes, we use reading the scriptures. Yes, we use those things to point our hearts to Jesus. But those, are, those, those we, we can't get so hung up on just doing a, a spiritual discipline that we miss Jesus himself. So this morning, I want to encourage you, if you are in Christ, if you are a believer, maybe you've become distracted like Martha. I want to encourage you to, 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 this morning to ask the Holy Spirit to help you become enamored with Jesus once again. The expectation we have is that we don't have to do this on our own, right? We don't have to try to conjure up this love for Jesus. That is why the Holy Spirit is with us. He points us to Jesus. So I would encourage you this morning to ask the Holy Spirit to help you become enamored with Jesus. Or maybe you're anxious and you're troubled because you are looking to find your value and worth in something else or someone else other than Jesus. I would encourage you this morning, look to Jesus. Not what you do, not how you perform in, in any action, but but find your value and worth in Jesus. Moms, you're going to blow it with your kids. Dads, you're going to blow it with your kids. Your value is not found in that relationship. Your value is found in Jesus. Or maybe you're here this morning and you're not a believer in Jesus. Where you would start with this journey is respond to his grace Consider that Jesus, the Son of God, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, shed his blood for the atonement of your sins, and he rose on the third day. Believing on him is how you begin to have Jesus as your one thing. Let's pray. Father, we again thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, we thank you for the example of our sisters of of Martha and Mary. And we've seen that Martha, Lord, while doing the right thing, she was still distracted and anxious and troubled. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would search our hearts this morning. God, if we're here and, and we're a believer, we, we, we're following you, maybe we're distracted, God. Maybe, maybe we've started to look to things to, to fill that void in our heart other than you. Or maybe we've started to look to things that, to, to make us feel valuable or worth something. Jesus, I pray this morning that we would help, that you would help us to find you as our one thing. Or Father, maybe we're here this morning and, we, and we've never fully believed in you. God, I pray that you, this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would give us grace to respond rightly to your goodness, to your grace, to your mercy. That we would decide this morning to follow after you. That you would be our one thing. 
that you would be our one thing, Jesus. Father, we get so easily distracted. We get so easily pulled and swayed to the right and to the left. We so easily find ourselves pouring out our hearts to things that will only come and go. Father, help us to be like Mary, to sit at the feet of Jesus, to partake of the good portion, our one thing. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.